excuse me, I need the text today. The text is from Isaiah. As we have this whole Advent season have been moving back and forth from Isaiah and Matthew. Isaiah makes profound statements in these of the coming Christ, the coming Messiah. And this in Isaiah 35, the first 10 verses, is no different. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like a crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands, make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are of a fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance and with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. The lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For water shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp. The grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fools, shall go astray. No lion will be there. Nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. And they shall obtain joy and gladness. And sorrow and sighing shall flee away. What a vision, what a vision, what a vision. And then in Matthew, we go clear from the birth stories of Jesus in the first three chapters to the 11th chapter, the second through the 11th verses. And here's what we hear. When John, the baptizer, heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word to his disciples and said to him, said to Jesus, that is, Are you the one who has come, who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. Blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. And as they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out in the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? 
What then did you go out to see? Someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has risen greater than John the Baptist. Yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Friends, here ends our reading. Thanks be to God. Are you the one who is promised to us? Are you the one we've been looking for? Are you the one that's going to change our world and our lives forever? Are you the one, Jesus? Oh, John, sweet John, where has all your faith gone? John the baptizer, the man who went out into the desert to prepare people for the way of the coming Messiah. Who knew in his heart who Jesus was and why he was to go out into the desert and baptize and preach. John who in another gospel is so overwhelmed by the presence of the Christ that he, that he leaps in utero at Jesus' presence. And now John is saying, well, are you, are you, is it really you? Are you the one? Now, I know this would never happen to any of you good people, but, you know, sometimes some, in some other places, some other people have what we might call crisis of faith. The world around them gets hard. A loved one is dying. Their finances are falling apart. Their marriage is a wreck. Their own body is ravished, ravaged with illness. Or like John, they're in jail. And they look around and everything they know and have known seems strange. Yes, so yes, Jesus, I know. I was the one who was standing in the desert preaching all about you and telling everybody about you and sharing my great faith in you. But now I'm in jail and life is hard. And are you really the one? 
Can you really save us? Because it doesn't seem you can save me. We can understand how John could get to that place. I don't know what John ate in jail because he caught bugs and ate them in the wilderness. A guy like that, a wilderness preacher, would be especially closed in, in jail. And everything he'd known is falling apart. Jesus, are you the one? Really? And Jesus has this fascinating answer that he sends back to John. He doesn't say, John, rely on the prophets of old as you always have. John, remember your own experience in the wilderness baptizing thousands of people and having them come and listen to you and hear you. John... When you met me and baptized me, you knew right away that I was the Christ of God. He says none of that. Instead, he says, he says, go tell John what you hear and see. You, people, my disciples, Jesus says, go and tell John what you hear and see. And then he lists a list of things, of miracles, that have happened around the people. The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk. The poor have enough. You see this candle lighting today? Those who are suffering and in need find joy. Those who have experienced personal loss find joy. Those who battle daily with inner demons find joy. Those who endure deep disappointment find joy. Jesus says to his own people, open your eyes, look around and see the places where God is touching your life and tell John what you see and hear. John in this text very easily could represent the disappointed, the downtrodden, the lonely, those without, those who have lost faith. But Jesus says to his own disciples... Go tell what you see and hear. Now, I've been here four and a half years, so if I say this one more time in this this sanctuary, you, you can, you know, boot me out. 
because I say it too much, but you know that my great fear as a pastor in a mainline Protestant church is the reason that we are no good at evangelism, which is telling people about God, is because there's nothing happening in our lives. That God is not moving in us. This is my great fear. I hope I'm wrong. Sometimes I'm right, but I hope I'm wrong. Because that is what Jesus says. Just go and tell people the way that God, you see God moving in the world. The way that you see God moving around. I am told, I I maybe shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I am told that one of the greatest evangelists in this room is sitting right here. Because she finds people who she knows and loves and says, hey, come to my church. Because that's the place where I see God working in the world. How am I doing, right? People just need some encouragement. I see God working in my life because I'm closer to my wife than ever before. I see God working in my life because I'm being blessed in my financial life. I see God working in the world because the sky is blue and the, and the, and the walk through Ogilvy is beautiful. I see God working in the world because I get to hear great music when I come in. On Sunday morning. How do you see God working in your world? It's really not hard to carry that message. Especially to somebody like John. Who desperately wants to hear it. Oh Jesus are you the one? I know you are, because I see God working in my world. And I can tell people that. And it offers encouragement and hope and joy and a totally new way of life. And that, my friends, is all that John the Baptist wanted to know and see in the world. He died a miserable death. But he was surrounded by what he knew that God was going to do to save us all through the Christ child. Jesus. Thanks be to God. Amen.